0: Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torani Time and other platforms. I would like to begin with a provocative assertion. We cherish the Avelos of Tisha B'Av. We do not view the mourning of this period as a nuisance, a despised nuisance foisted upon us. All of Yiddishkeit is about meaning pursuing a relationship to Hashem, finding dvekas, there must be a rich, fulfilling avoda to the Avelis of Ben no less than any other mitzvah in Yiddish. You see, when we are mesava, when we mourn, we are yearning for something. We are longing for that which we don't have. And thus we are impressing upon ourselves just how cherished, just how treasured the longed for Beish Hamikdash, the longed for Eretz Yisrael is. We become deeper people through the Avelis of Teshavah. We form our spiritual personality through the Avelis of Teshavah. And I would like to develop this from the opening and first Teshavah event. The Gemara tells us that the first Paranias, the first tragedy of Tisha B'Av, was the story of the Mirachim, the 10 spies, that they communicated their negative report about Eretz Yisroel on the night of Tisha B'Av. And as the Gemara tells us in the painfully enchanting words, Atem you cried for no reason that night, not wanting to enter Eretz Yisrael and your cowardness and your unwillingness to face down the giants and the other challenges of Eretz Yisrael. Well, you are going to mourn Bechiel L'Doros on this very night. Beyond simply a calendar coincidence that happened to be of when this first tragedy happened, the tragedy of the Miraclean, I want to understand just how firm just how solid this link is between the Chet HaMaraghlim and the subsequent tragedies of Tishabeth. The Moraglim was all about a rejection of Eretz Yisrael, abdicating the privilege, the specialness of living with Hashem in Hashem's palace, Eretz Yisrael. Well, it was on Tishabeth when forevermore the Jewish people. Will mourn the loss of our will lament the pain of Gullus. In a sense, you might say we are kicking ourselves every Tish above. You make the bed you sleep in. We did not want our tisro. we abdicated this privilege, and now we find ourselves as a stateless people without Eretz Yisrael. But I would like to argue, beyond simply kicking ourselves, from a more redemptive perspective, when every night of Tisha B'Av, we cry and yearning and longing and pining for Eretz Yisrael, we are reversing the trend. We are engaged in a great reset of the Jewish consciousness. We rejected Eretz Yisrael so many years ago on this night. We cried over not wanting it. Now, in crying over so deeply wanting it, we are resetting ourselves. We are redeeming ourselves. A simple but spectacular insight into what it means. You cried on this night for no reason. You will cry in every generation. You will cry the inverse cry of pining for our Yisrael and thus achieve Tekken. Thus, reform the Jewish consciousness to be all of Eretz Israel. Really Oveh HaShem, we want to be close to you. We want intimacy with you. We want meaning everything which living in Eretz Yisrael is. Certainly one of the many almost idyllic romantic notions of Eretz Yisrael can be found in Chazal's depiction of Eretz as the mother. The mother who is bereft of her children, Klai Yisrael, now that we have been flung into exile. As we say in the Shevabrachas, only at the time of Geula will the barren mother, Yerushalayim Eretz Yisrael, be consoled when we come home. She feels bereft from us, and we feel bereft missing her because, you see, a nation's home is their motherland. It is cross-cultural to view the soil of a nation as the motherland. That term is pretty common cross-culturally. Fatherland less so. You only find the term fatherland in militaristic cultures. Such as Nazi Germany, or such as some of the socialist states, motherland is much more common because a nation lives off its land. A nation, as though nurses off its land, consumes the bounty of the land, finds a sense of home, safe space, macomana land, everything which is maternal, everything which is cradle. And that sense of space and safety, which we first find in a mother's womb and then as we develop, as we develop self-consciousness in that bias in that home of our mother. That is what a nation's land is to them. And this is true in terms of humanity vis-a-vis the earth in general, as in Mother Earth. Mother Earth, which is not only an environmentalist idea, but a Torah idea. As Rashi says in Parshish Gracious, Adam is considered the child of the earth. He was literally formed, afar min ha'adam, as dust from the earth. The earth is his mother. The blood and guts of the child was formed in the mother's womb. Well, that is the message of Adam being formed, afar min and therefore Rashi explains when Adam is punished for his sin, imbibing from the forbidden fruit, satas. In turn, the earth becomes cursed, kotz vadadar tasmiyach, it will grow thorns and thistles. Because when a child deviates, we know who absorbs the stigmas—the mother. My point is, you see, from Rashi there, there decided Rashi the general idea of the earth is the mother of mankind. We are formed from the earth. We nurse up the earth. That is true globally, but more nationally, each nation finds this maternal sense of safety, sense of nurturance in their homeland. Kallah Yisrael's sacred personality, sacred identity, finds the maternal warmth in Eretz Yisroh. She is our home. We nurse off of her both physical bounty and spiritual energy as well, Hashpah as well, as Kabbalah teaches, of the great potent spiritual energies which are released in Eretz Yisroh. Eretz Yisro is that mother. We are cuddled in her bosom we develop our sense of Yiddish self in Eretz israel And that is what we are pining for. That is what we are yearning for. That is what the Miranclam and our ancestors of old rejected so many years ago. They severed the umbilical cord. We want mama back. We want that warmth and that conscious former, the motherland, Eretz israel back. Let's bring this out from one final revelation one final revelation wherein we will see that in that first Tisha of the story of the Meraklam, there was a rejection of Eretz Yisrael as a motherland. As a mother. Many of us are familiar with Chazal's midrashic depiction of how the ten spies, how the ten evil Moroccan died. It is quite graphic and quite gory. It tells us that their tongues became engorged, uh, grew long, and emitted worms. So you have a long tongue, emitting worms. I told you it was going to be graphic. And these worms eat away at their navels, at their belly buttons. Now I get the engorged tongue. That is a physical manifestation of their hara. We know they were slanders. So their tongues became wretched grotesque limbs. Spiritually they had sullied their tongue so. So this was a powerful, iconic physical manifestation of just how grotesque and wretched Lashnahara is and what it does to the speaker when a person taints their speech and seeps so low, when they make their tongue a the thing of the God. And then the worms emitted by that tongue would be the Lashon Hara itself. The toxic worms, the vermin, which is spread by Lashon Hara. That I get. But why the navel? Why the belly button? What is the symbolism therein in this viscerally powerful matrashak scene? The tongues emitted by their grotesque worms ate away at their belly buttons at their navel. What is the navel? What is the belly button? It is, of course, the imprint of the umbilical cord. Think about it. Perhaps perhaps we ought to look down and think about it at times. What why did Hashem create us that we would always have that belly button, that indelible imprint of the mother? We are supposed to remember her. We are supposed to remember how we came to be. To humbly think there was a time that I was not self-sufficient when I was wholly dependent and lovingly nurtured by that umbilical cord and by that loving mother. And I owe her quite a deep debt of gratitude. And in turn, it is my job to share that love and that selflessness and that nurturance with hopefully children of my own, but if not biological children, other human beings, vulnerable human beings, who can be recipients of my love and of my nurturance. That is the symbolism of the navel, the symbolism of the belly button. Well, the Meraglin and the Meraglins, Vernon, Lush and Hara, as represented by these worms, ate away at their navel, i.e., it ate away at that imprint of the mother. They were rejecting the Jewish motherland and just the Jew- thus the Jewish mother. They were rejecting the notion of everything we depicted before, Eretz Yisrael as that warm womb of sorts, as that source of nurturance which forms the Jewish consciousness, they rejected her. And it is now so powerful, so enchantingly powerful, the scene of the worms from their tongue eating away at their navel. Jew had severed his umbilical cord, had lost his relationship to his mother. When we, on the other hand, cry every tissue above, as per our explanation before, we are resementing the ponds, We are pining and yearning for Eretz Yisrael, trying to reverse the rejection, trying to cement this relationship of Eretz Yisrael as our mother, and we recognize her as such. We pine for her and yearn for her just like a child yearns for his mother who he's lost contact with. Perhaps his mother who he snubbed and rejected as we did that first Tisha above. That is how we yearn for Eretz Yisrael. We love her as a mother. We recognize her as formative of everything we are. As the source of everything we want. The love we want. The nutrition we want. The spiritual identity that we want. May this revelation and this inspiration carry us this Tisha above. In our pining and the sacred avodah, yearning for Eretz Yisrael, the mother, and may we all be Zocha to the fulfillment of the bracha and the shabbat bracha cited above. So stasis v'sagel hakara banal letzochah b'simcha. Eretz Yisrael, the mother, will rejoice when the children she felt bereft from us when we return, and we in turn will rejoice in her. Bevi asgal tzadik. Amen. ratzon.